Hello. Hello, Ms. everybody. This is Miss Capel, and today's date is August sixteenth, twenty twenty. Yes, it is, and I'm、uh, wearing a shirt that matches your background. It does. Is that nice? It is. Yeah. Okay. So we are going to talk about the gospel of God once again. Let me reiterate: the reason why we're doing this is we're finding the simple, the most unadulterated, pure form of the gospel that can be,、mm-hmm. and that particular gospel is really the only gospel. It's the true gospel. And there's man, only one, right? Huh? There's only one gospel. There could be only one Highlander. Yes.、Um, You're right. That's my dog making、Skipper. noises. Wow. So, because man adds and subtracts, man is a mathematician when it comes to doctrines and things of God, and and man is all screwed up in the head.、Mm-hmm. They're just and people are stupid.、Uh, they're they're biblically ignorant and they're willfully ignorant on the things of the Lord and what the Bible says willfully. They just don't study themselves to be approved at all.、Uh, a, a vast majority of them are.、Um, obviously, people listening to this radio are not those people, or you wouldn't be listening to the Gospels of God. But hopefully, what I'm trying to, what we're trying to do is、uh, either get other people to share it, or put it on their Facebook page, do something where others who may not know the pure Gospel of God can hear it and go. This is what I would like to、uh, learn more about and get involved in. Okay, exactly. So the book of John is perfect because the Gospel of John, I should say, the Gospel of John was written for the specific purpose to show the Gospel of Christ, what it is. Okay. Okie dokie. So we have done、uh, a bunch of chapters, and today we're going to do two. We're going to do nine and ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're just we're going to focus just on the gospel portions and not try to go on tangents. But you know me, I'm a tangent goer.、Mm-hmm. And、um, but we're going to read the entire text because it's important to see it in context. All right. All right. So with that, Miss Capow, you can hit the share screen. I will. And we're going to go from there. Oh, I see it. Do you? Good. Yes, and it's butimus. It's butimus. Yes, the share screen is butimus.、Uh, yep,、yeah, you control it. I don't control it.、Um, I think I can make little markings on it if I wanted to.、Um, right. I don't see any markings from you. Well, I could do it if I want. <laughs> sure, you can. <laughs> I could do it. I could annotate or something. Watch. I can watch. You want to see? I can do it.、Watch. Okay. I don't want to waste too much time here, because, but watch. I'm going to give you a red something. Hey, look at that. See that? I don't see it on mine. Oh, there、I、it is. I drew a、yes. circle. I Now, see. Now I don't know how to undo it. That's all right. Oh, there you go. There we go. I have.、Uh, you know what I'll do? I'll do like arrows. Like, here's a red arrow.、See? There you go.、It、says Fifth Hook Media.、Mm-hmm. Here's a red arrow. Fifth Hook Media. <laughs> Okay, got it. Now I can't undo it, so I don't know what the deal is. It's all right. I have no idea. Oh, there I erased it. There we go. Okay, so this is chapter nine, and it's entitled "Jesus Heals a Man Born Blind."、Uh, verse one starts as, "As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been born blind, or had been blind from birth." 
Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. We have a little note here, and it's Isaiah 35, 5, that says, And when he comes, Jesus, he will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. In Isaiah 42, 7, which is referenced in Matthew eleven five and Luke seven twenty two, says about Jesus, he was to open the eyes of the blind, to bring prisoners out of the dungeon, and those sitting in darkness out of the prison house. You know, what's interesting is on the notes, it doesn't open up on the share screen. But I kind of knew that. It's just kind of a Zoom thing. I, don't, I, don't, I can't figure that out. Oh. But so I'm glad you're reading the scripture, but they, do, they don't show up. Oh, everybody that's... else. So, okay. Well, sorry, sorry for that. Chapter, f- I mean, uh, verse four. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can f- can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. And I have a little note here mm-hmm. that goes back to John eight. 12, where Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness, because you will have the light that leads to life. Yes. Uh, That's, yeah, what we did, John 8, Mm -hmm. um, about him standing in the colonnade, or um, the treasury, Uh and he had the colonnade behind him with the lights. Mm-hmm. That's shown, and he stands there. He says, I am the light of the world. Yeah. Amen. Amazing stuff. Uh, verse six. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, Go wash yourself in the pool of Silo- Siloam, which means scent. Hmm. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the one. Excuse me. They asked, who healed you? What happened? And he told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and I washed, and now I can see. Where is he now, they asked. And he replied, I don't know. And I have a note there. It, uh, see, verse uh, 12 here. I am the light of the world as the former references to water. John 4, 13, 14, 7, 37 through 39, and to bread, which uh, John 6, 35, Mm -hmm. were occasioned by outward occurrences, so this one to light. In the treasury where it was spoken, see on John 8:20, stood two colossal golden lampstands on which hung a multitude of lamps, yeah. lighted after the evening sacrifice, probably every evening during the Feast of Tabernacles, diffusing their brilliancy, it is said, over all the city. 
Around these, the people danced with great rejoicing. Now, as amidst the, the festivities of the water from Siloam, Jesus cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. So now, amidst the blaze and the joyousness of this illumination, he proclaims, I am the light of the world. Plainly, in the most absolute sense, for though he gives his disciples the same title, they are only light in the Lord. And that's found in Ephesians 5.8. And though he calls the Baptist, John the Baptist, the burning and shining light or lamp of his day, found in John 5.35, yet he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which coming into the world lights every man. John 1, 8, and 9. Under this magnificent title, Messiah was promised of old. And you can find that in Isaiah 42, 6 and Malachi 4, 2. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. So it's just like I was saying earlier about him standing in the treasury and those big lights are behind him. And he says, I am the light of the world. Well, this miracle opening the blind eyes it's nothing is ever done by accident or just by happen chance. Every word written in, in the word of God is is inspired. Every word has a purpose. Mm-hmm. And when you're reading, uh, especially the gospel of John here, and you're seeing these miracles and everything is important, like where he where Christ was at, what was going on at the time, the kind of miracle that was done, you know, the teaching that went with it. And I will tell you, it points to him as Messiah. It points to Christ as the God sent one right. for the for the reconciliation of humans to the Father. That's what it points to. It doesn't point to a lot of other things. It just points to him. And mm-hmm. it always has and always will. And that's that's really the pure gospel. It's that's all right. it's all about Christ. If if Christ isn't in it, um then what we're doing or what we're believing or what we're saying, if Christ isn't in it, is really, it's not the gospel. Uh, we might be teaching something else or looking at something else or whatever, but it's not the gospel. Yeah. And basically, it's like the Apostle Paul when he said, if this stuff isn't true, if Jesus didn't die and rise again, then we are the, um, what was the word? The the least? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Or the the the, the saddest, the most miserable, most miserable. Yeah, if it's not true, we're the most miserable of men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Then they, verse thirteen. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees, because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it, so he told them, "He put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see." And some of the Pharisees said, This man Jesus is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. And others said, But how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, What's your opinion about this man who healed you? And the man replied, I think he must be a prophet. And the Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind mm. and could now see. So they called in his parents. They asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? 
If so, how can he now see? <laughs> and his parents replied, We know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the um, synagogue. That is why they said he is old enough. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been born that had been blind and told him God should get the glory for this because we know that this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I don't know whether he's a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind, and, and now, now I can see. see. Praise God. That's beautiful stuff right there. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man explained. I exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? <laughs> Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples are you too? stupid or what? That's what then said. they cursed him and said, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. Ooh. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. You see how earthly-minded they think? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, we know God spoke to Moses. We don't even know where this guy comes from. They're not even listening to him where he keeps saying, The Father sent me. The Father sent me. They keep looking for natural things behind this 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 rabbi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, that's true. Why that's strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? I love this guy. <laughs> well, that's he, strange. He healed my eyes, and you guys don't even know where he comes from? Are you, you know, it's, I can hear Jackie Mason now going, are you always this stupid? <laughs> huh? Are you always this stupid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny, too, because Jesus even said, you know, you look at the scriptures for eternal life, and they all point to me. Yeah. You, you, you know, don't see it. Moses wrote about me. So. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if you believe Moses, like you say you do, then you would see Jesus. You would see them, yeah. Absolutely. 30. Why? That's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. You, are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. These are just, you know what? These Pharisees in this story are just like the people on YouTube in the in in the comment section. Mm-hmm. Somebody will will say truth, right? Um, in on YouTube, there'll be some video, and um, you know, some false prophet or prophecy or some goofy preacher or something, and somebody will tell the truth. Hey, this ain't right. It's not biblical, and blah blah blah. And then that person will just get blasted by the supporters of the false prophet. And they'll usually say something like this. You know, you were born a total sinner. You're an idiot. Are you trying to teach us? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, it's the same kind of mentality. They just go for the attack of the person because they have no basis of truth in them. You know, they have an apostate mind. It's, it's reprobate. Um, they have fallen away from truth the truth of God, the truth of biblical principles, the truth of doctrine, and they're willfully ignorant. Many of them are just willfully ignorant. Mm -hmm. Verse 35, when Jesus heard 
what had happened, he found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Gospel message. Hello. And I have a note here. John 14, 6 says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Luke 15, 1 through 5 says, Tax collectors and other notorious sinners came, often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Yeah. So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until yeah. he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. Mm-mm-mm. Now, 36. And the man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. See, that's a gospel message. That's what what had happened? Do you believe in the Son of Man? This guy is like, and I love this this guy that uh, that, that can now see. You know, because he's the one, you know, blasting the Pharisees because are you always a stupid? You know, he said, who is he? Yeah, I want to believe in him. Whoever can open my eyes and now I can see, that is what I want. I want to follow that. Mm-hmm. So 37, Jesus said, you have seen him and he is speaking to you. Ooh. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I have a note there. And he worshiped. Gospel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, Are you saying we're blind? You're damn straight I am. Verse 41 says, If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. Jesus replied, But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. So I mean, they're willfully, they're willfully ignorant. You know what I mean? They claim they can see. They claim they know God. They claim they were followers of Moses' law. They claim these things, yet they're, they're blind as a bat spiritually. They can't see. So that was chapter 9, and mm-hmm. you know, we read the whole thing because it's important to read the Word of God in context. But you can see the pure gospel messages sticking out in there, especially at the end where Jesus finds the blind man had been kicked out of the, I mean, the once blind man, excuse me, mm-hmm. that had been kicked out of the synagogue. It says, um, you know, do you believe in the Son of Man? He says, well, who is he? I, of course I will. He goes, I'm him. So then he falls down and he worships. You can imagine, I mean, this guy's born blind. He hasn't seen anything. And all of a sudden now he can see. And the and the person that he sees is standing right in front of him. Yeah, yeah. you're going to get a little that's admiration cool. there going. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. Yes, yes, yes. So very good. And uh, we should all be like that because we were all spiritually blind. And, and we were in darkness, and in just darkness. like this man was. Absolutely. Being totally blind. And you can see how this, this particular miracle and this narrative of the miracle is, is surrounded by him standing in the treasury by the colonnade of lights that are mm-hmm. shining out, right, mm-hmm. uh, and illuminating everything, and him standing out and goes, I'm the light of the world. Then he gives light to a man who was in darkness. Yeah. Um, nothing's by accident. No. <laughs> really, really beautiful things here. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go to chapter 10, Miss Kapowness. And that is entitled, The Good Shepherd and His Sheep. I love this particular chapter. Uh, verse 1, I tell you the truth, because he is the truth. Yes. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. Mm. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. Period. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Mm -hmm. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. True sheep. And I have a a note here that says, again, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one can come to the Father except through the Messiah. Now, remember, even before Jesus came on scene, there were many false prophets mm-hmm. and false messiahs that claimed to be from God. And so what he's saying, all those who came before me are thieves and robbers. Uh, they they aren't the real shepherds. Uh, my sheep hear my voice. And what's beautiful about this, and later on he'll explain that, is because God the Father himself gave Christ those sheep, which which are you and I and the Kapow listeners, he gave Christ those sheep, and Christ says, in no way will I reject any sheep. And they follow me, and they hear my voice, and they go where I go, and um, I will resurrect them at the, at the end day. And the beautiful thing, I get ahead of myself, but it's beautiful, is he says, and nothing, 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 nothing could ever remove them from my Father's hand or my hand. That's right. And that is... Just the freeing gospel of God. Mm-hmm. Verse 9. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. And you know, that's interesting because you have to come through Jesus. Yep. And there is no other name under heaven which man may be saved. Nope. Those yep. who come in through me will be saved. They will come and grow freely and will find good pastures. pastures. That's the, the freedom. that we have in Christ. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Let's uh, explain that. Um, Let's go back to life there. The thing is, is I've heard sermons um, from from well-meaning pastors say that uh, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life now, here, down below. And it's not. This is a rich and satisfying eternal life. Jesus is never concerned uh, in that sense of your prosperity and wealth and fame and fortune down here in this demonic world. Mm-hmm. He is concerned about your sustenance. Uh, on, in, in the, um, the Olivet Discourse, uh, you know, he, he's concerned about, just like the birds don't have to worry about where they're going to nest and eat. God will take care of you. Don't worry about what you're going to wear and eat, right? Mm-hmm. But he's, he's never concerned about how many jet airplanes you have, mm-hmm. <laughs> how yeah. big of a house you are. So, 
if you if you look at a rich and satisfying life down here, you're going to be a little skewed because oftentimes uh, we we are called into suffering, trials and tribulation, and it's anything but satisfying in the in the in the mortal sense. Right. In the spiritual sense, it really is. Mm-hmm. So the it's it's a satisfying eternal life. In fact, Christ always says, and throughout the, the scriptures is those who give up this life, those who give it away and willing to die to it mm-hmm. even, shall inherit the eternal life. Right. In the book of Revelation, it talks about um, overcoming right. by the blood of the lamb, by, by your testimony, and three, by not loving your life even unto death. Yeah, and a lot of people leave that out. But this scripture as well, when he says my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, you know, that's that's when the Holy Spirit comes in and revives you. You know, you, be, you become a new creation in Christ Jesus, a new creature. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are able to live in this dark world. Yeah. And you get... And the... Um, the satisf- rich and satisfying life is the fruit that you bear, the Holy Spirit's fruit. Yeah. Yeah, it's not material wealth, but it's no. spiritual wealth. See, but once spiritual again, treasures. they try to make it um, temporary, yes. the stuff in this world. Yeah. But what Jesus is referring to is the spiritual. Yes. And, and that's and that's why, you know, if you if you into the material, that's why you... Uh, you could stumble and fall very easily because um, you know why God why you know it's because it's not that's not what what is meant. Mm-mm. All right, verse eleven. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacri- sacrifices his life for the sheep. Mm-hmm. I a hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him, Mm-mm. and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. Basically, he's saying that's the thief. Yep. And um, I have a note here from Luke sixteen thirteen, where God says, where Jesus says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Mm-mm. Yep. Yeah, so the, the hired man... Um, hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. You you, you guys hopefully know who, who those are. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to tell you, it's, you know who those, who those shepherds are. And I use the term loosely shepherds. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are trickier than others, but um, yeah. you, can, you can always kind of trace the money trail to uh, some of the stupid things they're doing and saying. Yeah. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. See the difference? Yeah. And this note says, Gospel for others than only Israel or the Jews. One gathering, one spirit, many members or sheep, one church or one called out sheep. 
Exodus 11.3, Now the Lord had caused the Egyptians to look favorably on the people of Israel, and Moses was considered a great man in the land of Egypt, respected by Pharaoh's officials and the Egyptian people alike. And so in Exodus 17.37, That night the people of Israel left Ramses and started for Sukkoth. There were about 600,000 men, plus all the women and children. A rabble of non-Israelites went with them along with great flocks and herds of livestock. That's the gospel of the Gentiles. Yes, absolutely. Which we're going to see here in verse 16. Mm -hmm. Where it says, I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold, and I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. Now, I am so happy that that scripture is in here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because if that wasn't in here, it wasn't clearly stated by our Lord. You know, I could just hear a lot of these people, well, you know, he's talking about Israel, and we weren't really, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it is so clear. I have other sheep too. They're not in the sheepfold yet, but I must bring them. Mm -hmm. And they're going to listen to my voice. And then there's going to be one flock with one shepherd. There's only one true church. That's right. And that's the church in Christ. That's right. That's the only true church there really is. It's the spiritual, unseen, invisible church in Jesus Christ, whether you're Jew or Gentile. Mm -hmm. And through the new creation, we are one. Yes. One creation. Amen. The that's Father, the gospel. Number 17, the Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one, this is important, no mm. one can take my life from me. That's huge. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to, and I also take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. Vitally important. Because you, you will hear some of these um, teachers will say Christ was murdered. He was brutally caught and murdered. He, was, he didn't. He was crucified, but he gave his life voluntarily. As the Father freely. commanded. Yeah, as the com Father commanded. And when he gave up the ghosts after three hours on the cross, he said, it is finished. And then he gave up his spirit. Mm -hmm. um, it was all the work of Christ. No one murdered Christ. No one killed him against his will. He was in control from the very first to the very end. Yeah, that's why when it says when he says um, it is finished, he gave up his spirit. Yes, yes. And so that man couldn't boast or say, "Oh, we killed Jesus." Or the reason, or reason they're saved is because the Romans killed him. Mm -hmm. No, you know the Jews, you know, accused him. That, that's not the case. He 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 did it. That's right. That's why it's all of God. Yeah, it's all of God. Salvation is all of God. Yes. When, verse 19, when he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said, he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? <laughs> and others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Good question. Mm. Now, the, 22, it was now winter. And Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of the Hanukkah 
this uh, festival of dedication. And a festival of dedication is, um, I got this from the GFB commentary, mm. says it was the Feast of Dedication celebrated rather more than two months after the Feast of Tabernacles, mm. during which intermediate period our Lord seems to have remained in the neighborhood of Jerusalem. Yeah. It was instituted by Jude Maccabeus to commemorate the perfect purification of the temple from the pro profanations to which it had been subjected by Antiochus Epiphanes at 165 BC and kept for eight days from the 25th of Chislu, which is December, the day on which Judas began the first joyous celebration of it, and that you can find in uh, 1 Maccabees 4, 52, 56, and 59, and Josephus Antiquities 777. I think that's nice. Yeah. I highly recommend that you read the intertestable period, the history of the Jews between the Testaments. Mm -hmm. And um, that's found in your Apocrypha. The Catholic Bible will have the Apocrypha. And they'll have 1st, 2nd, 3, 4 Maccabees. But this, the uh, 1st Maccabees is where this is contained. And what happened is the Seleucid uh, king, uh, Antiochus uh, attacked Jerusalem and, and destroyed the temple. Um, you burnt it and burnt the gates and did all that stuff. It wasn't a complete destruction like Babylonian Empire, but you know he, he, he uh, destroyed it and stuff because they wouldn't pay taxes to him. They wouldn't listen to him. And he was mad and crazy. And he sacrificed a pig on the altar. Mm -hmm. So when God rose up the hammer, because that's what Maccabees means, mm -hmm. it's Judas the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> I love and, that. Yeah, and he was a hammer. Him and his brothers were bad, bad dudes. I mean, like warrior dudes. I mean, the stories are incredible. What they did with the power of God. They, I mm -hmm. mean, they really kicked some booty. And um, so this was was the, the the Maccabean revolt, and they restored the temple, restored the altar from it being profaned by this uh, idiot. Antichrist king, and, and Antiochus is always a typology of the of, of an Antichrist. Right, he's always uses that, um, and Daniel speaks of him also. So this is two months after the Feast of Booths, Tabernacle. Jesus is still hanging out. It's now winter time. There's snow on the ground, and here he is at the festival of dedication. Hanukkah is around the same time that uh, you know people around here celebrate you know Christmas. Right. Verse 23, he was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. And the note that I have here is also from GFB. Uh, JFB, I'm sorry. It says, Jesus walked in Solomon's porch for shelter. This hmm. portico was on the east side of the temple. And Josephus says it was part of the original structure of Solomon. And that's also uh, <coughs> could be found in Antiquities uh, chapter 20. Nine seven. Interesting, huh? Mm hmm You know, why he was there, I really didn't you know why he was under that shelter, you know, um, because he, he's, he's about to tell them about, really, the shelter you'll have in eternal life, and no one's going to snatch you out of my hand or the Father's hand. And, mm -hmm. and maybe that's why he's standing there in this colonnade at this point. But uh, he, it's, nothing's by accident. No, uh-uh. Yeah. 
The people surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Jesus replied, I have already told you, and you don't believe me. The proof is the work I do in my Father's name. But you don't believe me, because you are not of my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And the note I have there is that this is part of the gospel. Yes. Verse 28, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from my father's hand. The father and I are one. If you could uh, go back, Ms. Kapow, to yep. that scripture. If you could get that in your head, this whole verse 27 through uh, 30, if you could get that in your head, and, um, you know, I mean, you don't have to memorize it verbatim, but you could say something like, um, I in Christ and Christ in me, uh, he's the one who set me free, <laughs> you know, for eternity. I mean, you get this in your head. You have to know this, that when you come to Christ, and what does it take to come to Christ in the simple form of the gospel? You believe in who he is. He's God sent to reconcile you to the Father. You believe that. And then you go, I want that. The Holy Spirit comes in you and begins to regenerate you and, be and create a new creature in you. You start thinking different, behaving different, right? Mm -hmm. You become sheep and the sheep hear his voice and you follow Christ. Christ knows you. He knows your name. Mm-hmm. Right? Travis. Travis, he knows your name. Hello. And Travis hears the, the shepherd's voice and says, I'm going to follow Christ. Mm -hmm. Right? He's, he's just following Christ. Travis is not perfect. He's not sinless. He makes mistakes. But he knows the shepherd's voice, and he goes, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to obey his commandments. And then Christ says, I give Travis eternal life. And Travis will never perish because of that, right? Mm -hmm. He's a Christian in the biblical sense. In the real sense, he is a Christian by this simple gospel. And that this is so important to memorize that no one, and there's also no thing, because Paul, Paul talks about no angel, no principality, no Satan, no demon, no, no height, no depth, no ocean, no mountain, on and on and on can separate you from the love of God, from the agape of God. Mm -hmm. And that's in um, Romans 8. Romans 8, thank you. And the agape of God is this, for God so agaped the world that he gave, gave his, his only, only begotten, son. begotten son, that who shall ever believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal, eternal life. Now, so, the other scripture that's, that's kind of cool is that... Um, Jesus says that eternal life is knowing God. Mm. Eternal life is knowing God. It's the mm -hmm. same thing. It's, it's get this into your soul. It's that personal relationship. Yes. They will never perish, and no one, no thing can snatch them away from me. All right? And then it gets better. For my father has given them to me. This is what I was talking about earlier. 
God, Yahweh, the creator God, you can't get higher than the creator God. There is no higherness than this. It's This is it. He has given you, Travis, and you, Chelsea, to Christ. You're, you're the sheep that the Father has elected and preordained and pre-saw and drawn draw, draw you to his Son. And when you heard the gospel message, you said yes. And now he gives you the Christ. And it says, Jesus says, no one could snatch them away from me because the Father has given them to me. And he is more powerful than anyone else. The little asterisk there under else, it, it, some translations say anything, mm-hmm. everything. And then he says, no one can snatch them from the Father's hand. First he says, no one can snatch them from me. And then he explains why. And then he says, no one can snatch him from the Father's hand. That's why he's omnipotent. Yes. And I and the Father are one, he says. So if they can't snatch him from my hand, they can't snatch you from God's hand. If they can't snatch you from God's hand, nothing can snatch you from my hand. Amen. You're the sheep. You hear his voice. You follow him. This is the beautiful pure gospel message. If we can get this into our hearts and our souls and our very beings, we'll save ourselves a lot, a lot of heartache. Mm -hmm. Okay? A lot of heartache. Verse 31. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. And Jesus said, at my father's direction, I have done many good works. For which one are you, for which one are you going to stone me? (laughs) And they replied, We're stoning you not for any good work, but for blasphemy. You're a mere man, claim to be God. They just don't get it. But Jesus replied, It is written in your scriptures that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say you are gods. And the note that I have here is Psalm 82. Okay, so let me explain this. And this ain't a gospel message, but I just want to I want to take a side trip and explain this because this is a weird thing for a lot of people to read. There's been a lot of false doctrines about this. TBN, Paul Crouch, uh, uh, Benny Hinn, um, oh uh, Kenneth Copeland. Most of the guys who who promote this are the money preachers, the the prosperity preachers, uh, the blab it, grab it, say it and claim it crowd. Those that's heresy, by the way. They're, mm-hmm. they're false teachers and false prophets. Uh, they're not biblical teachers. Uh, Jesus says, isn't it written in your own scriptures? Now, he, in context, he's replying to their accusation that he's claiming to be equal with God. Okay? They're saying, you're just a mere man, but you claim to be God. And he says, it is written in your own scriptures, and that's going to be Psalm whatever, 82, 82. or something. Says that God said to certain leaders of the people, I say you are gods. And Jesus gives us that certain leaders in there. There's your clue that that's what it's about. When we read this psalm, God, you have to understand, God ordains all government. Uh, he ordains the, 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 the religious institutions of, of the church and the church of, of Christ in the body of Christ. But he ordains government to run the civil matters here, okay? So it's not just lawlessness. That's why if you don't like, like me, I, I don't like my governor in Nevada. I think he's he's a socialist Marxist uh, moron, right? But I have to recognize he wouldn't be in that position unless God put him in that position. 
a lot of people don't want to admit that or like you know Romans 13 explains all this stuff That's right. to you. Um, the, these 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 governors these these ones that are are over us they are given the power to be there right wrong or indifferent whether they're good or bad or how they use that power or abuse that power god has let them to be there where they're at that includes obama before trump that includes trump that includes the next person if it's not trump you we have to understand that and it's 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 god who ordains the govern governments of the world. Yeah, it's God's sovereignty. It's God's sovereignty. So He will place where He who's He's going to place. He will take where He's going to take, and these people will be judged. They will be judged. But we have to understand God is always in control. Mm-hmm. He's He's never absent. And so this Psalm talks about. At first, it talks about a council up in heaven, and these are angelic councils. And over these angels. Over these angels of this council, you have human government that's overseen. And these are the ones who are oppressing people. They're not doing justice. Mm-hmm. They're, um, they're ripping people off. They're, they're making them do this and do that and do that. And, you know, they're just money grubbing pieces of crap. And God says, you know, you, you, you say you're my Elohim is the word. You say you are God. You say you're Elohim because I set you up like that. But you're going to die as mere men and be mm. judged. So that's what this is about. Christ is not teaching that we're little gods. Psalm 82 does not teach that we're little gods. We are not little Elohim. No. TBN, Paul Crouch, uh, the claimant, blab it, grab it. Copeland, I know, said it. Benny Hinn, Paula White, all these people love to claim we are gods. We're little gods. And what they are is those are foolish, foolish people that are going to be accountable for every stupid, foolish word coming out of their empty noggin. Okay? Okay. All right? So that's what this is. So don't get wrapped up and go, Jesus says we're gods. You're not. You're sheep and you follow Christ. If you do that, you're going to be okay. You start thinking you're something else that you're not. Pride comes in and you end up stupid like all these other people. Um, You want to read that scripture? I can. Yes, please. Psalm 82, verse 1. God presides over heaven's court. He pronounces judgment on the heavenly beings. How long will you hand down unjust decisions by favoring the wicked? Give justice to the poor and the orphan. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and helpless and deliver them from the grasp of the evil people. And and it says here, verse 5 onward is about the evil leaders or oppressors of the people which God has granted their leadership. And you can see that in Daniel and Romans 13 uh, or uh, 2 Peter, etc. Yeah. God called them Elohim as children of God because he had called them forth and set them apart to lead or shepherd his people. And they are and were always human. Verse 6, I say you are gods. You are all children of the Most High. But you will die like mortal men, like mortals, and fall like every other ruler. Rise up, O God, and judge the earth, for all the nations belong to you. Okay. So in context, Jesus is replying to them 
their accusation that he is claiming to be equal with God. And he says, don't you know your own scriptures? Mm -hmm. Say certain leaders, certain leaders of the people that God said, I say you are Elohim because I set you apart. Then verse 35. says, and you know that the scriptures cannot be altered. So if those people who received God's messages were called God's, why do you call it blasphemy when I say I am the son of God? After all, the Father sent me apart, set me apart, and sent me into the world. And I have a note there mm -hmm. that says John seventeen eighteen through twenty reads, "Just as I sent, just as you sent me into the world." He's talking to the Father. I am sending them, his disciples, into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all those who will ever believe in me through their message. And that's us again. Mm -hmm. Amen. So verse 37. Don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. But if I do his work, believe in the evidence of the miraculous works I have done. Even if you don't believe me, then you will know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Once again, they tried to arrest him, but he got away and left them. He went beyond the Jordan River near the place where John was first baptizing and stayed there a while. And many followed him. John didn't perform miracle signs, they, they remarked to one another, but everything he said about this man has come true. Wow. And the note that I have here is that this is another gospel message. Yes. And 42 says, and many who were there believed in Jesus. And the note I have there is John 3:16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, which is like unique. There's no one like him. Yes. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Amen. Amen. And that's the end of chapter 10. All right. Well, you can stop the screen share, then we'll, we'll take it on home. All right. Oh, I see my face. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's always beautiful, darling. Beautiful. All right. Any questions? Concerns? No? No. Comments? Mm -hmm. All right. So next week we will start... Chapter 11. 11. And uh, maybe we can get to 12. Because yeah. we're going to deal with Lazarus and the resurrection there. And that's... <coughs> that wasn't COVID, was it? No. That was a tickle. Okay. That was a tickle. I still is dangerous. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think that's all I have. Yep. Okay. Thank you for listening. Ciao, babies. <laughs>